You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with my husband, Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Here's episode 24, Baby Toys and Mold. Before we get started on this episode, a short or not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, Neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed herein. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 20 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all solo podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley, and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon about mold and dealing with mold in your home at amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Steve Worsley. And if you're interested in scheduling a mold consultation over the phone consultation with Steve, you can be sure to find out more about those and his availability at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Today, Steve, we are talking about baby toys and mold. That sounds kind of like a, a weird combination there. It is. It's uh, the reason I wanted to talk about it is most people don't even really think about it. So something I wanted to something I wanted to bring up in a podcast. <clears throat> Excuse me, I bring it up in my books, um, but I don't really touch on them too much. So it's something that I just want to touch on a little more often, I think, than what I have been uh, talking about it. So I think of baby toys, like anything related to babies, everything is sanitized, it's clean, baby gates, I mean, protective measures. Can baby toys actually have mold? Yes, they can. Whether they're cellulose materials, so when I say cellulose materials, stuffed animals, uh, you know, things like that versus, let's just say, a, a binky or, uh, I'm not sure what they're called, but the little nasal cleaner the things. The snot snatchers. Yeah, that's really nasty. Um, so yes, they can definitely have mold. Uh, if it's on a, on a stuffed animal, so a cellulose material, obviously it's, it's further into that, uh, that toy. So it's not just on the surface. Whereas, you know, let's just say it's a binky or a Barbie doll or something that's non-cellulose. The mold, which we typically would call mildew because it's on a non-cellulose material, is just surface mold. So the reason I bring that up is there's a huge difference between surface mold, and then mold on a cellulose material. So can you explain that a little bit more? So what happens, mold, when it starts to reproduce, it, and I like to compare it to a seed. So you have a grass seed and you plant it, you know, in the, in the fall before winter, and it sits there dormant all winter long. Then when the right conditions happen in the spring, the temperatures go up, it has the moisture it needs, it starts to grow. 
And when it starts to grow, the roots go down into the ground. And it's the same principle with mold. So mold, when it starts to grow and reproduce on a cellulose material, it starts to go deeper into that material. Versus if you planted a seed on concrete, you would never really get it to grow because it can't root anywhere. Okay. Uh, I mean, grass, I, I, I say this all the time, like sod, you could put sod on a piece of concrete, and if you water it every day, it will keep growing. It just won't root down. So same principle with, you know, anything like a Barbie or anything plastic, um, ceramic or whatever on a children's toy. The, the way you treat that is you just wipe it off. It's pretty simple. But some, But the mold that grows on cellulose material it is harder to deal with because it goes deeper. Is that Correct. right? Correct. Okay. Right. And so most kids' toys aren't very expensive. So if you if you think you have mold on them anyways, I think you should just throw them away. But if it is, you know, let's just say it's on a something that's very special to the family. It's an heirloom or something. Let's say it's a ceramic ballerina. If there if there's mold on that, you can you can clean that off uh, with any biocides or Clorox. Whereas if it's a stuffed animal, yeah, you could try throwing it in the washing machine and doing all that, but you still take the risk of those mold spores are so deep into that animal, you're not going to wash them out. Exactly. So, so then what types of things should parents be concerned with when it comes to baby toys and stuff like that? So as far as the toys, I think we covered, um, a little bit of that, there's, you know, you need to make sure as far as their toys, we talked about stuffed animals and the snot snatcher or whatever you called it. <laughs> uh, but there's, you know, toys in the bathtub is something that most people don't ever think about. You, you squeeze them out, you know, usually you have a little net or a little bin in your bathroom. And when, when you pull your kids out of the tub and the water drains, you just throw all that stuff in a basket or in that net. Well, what you don't realize is Mold is naturally present in the air, so as that water just sits there, the mold tries to reproduce. And you'll notice a lot of times, you know, it's, let's just say it's a rubber ducky. You squeeze it out, and you see all this black crud, and you're like, oh, my gosh, is it, this is what I'm exposing my kid to. Most people just don't think about it. So when it does come to bath toys, my my biggest thing that I could tell you to prevent moldy stuff inside, you know, let's say non-cellulose materials, so the rubber ducky, Squeeze all that water out before you just toss it into that bin. There's other issues too. So when it comes to children and mold exposure, our kids normally are, you know, they're, they crawl on the ground. They're interacting with the pets. They're right there at the ground level. Whereas obviously most of us adults, we're not. And I've touched on this before. And, you know, every mold species and subspecies is totally different, but different mold species have different weights to them, different types of substance. So let's say Stachybotrys, which is the toxic mold, the black mold, it's a heavier, stickier mold. So for the most part, if we have a concern and we're going to test for something like that, we test like we'll do, we'll do what's called a swab on the baseboard because that's where the mold spores will be. Mm -hmm. So in conjunction with your children being on the carpet, that's where that type of mold spore will be. Where let's just say penicillium, it's a lighter mold and it's going to be in the air. So what you need to obviously just be concerned of is, is what your kids are crawling around on. Because whatever they're crawling around on, if they have mold spores, let's say in your living room, you have a mold problem that you're not aware of. Then you take that baby, you put that baby in the crib, and then you just took all those mold spores from that family room into the nursery. 
exactly. for the baby. Yeah. So, yeah. so people don't really think about that. They just, you know, they think that, that babies are just like the rest of us that as, as most adults, we don't really think mold's a big issue. Well, we don't, I, obviously we, you and I don't, but <laughs> the majority of the people think mold's not a concern, but it is. So then let me ask you a different kind of question because there's there are lots of people who when they're having their first baby or they have a, a brand new baby they're sort of home they're they're baby proofing their house. What is the equivalent of baby proofing when it comes to mold? Well, you got to you, you touched on something right at the beginning of the podcast and that's that you sanitize everything. And one thing I like to talk about and I'm sure people, you know, we we call it a super bacteria, you know, that's why we get sicker nowadays than we used to. And, and when you sanitize everything all the time, that the mold actually gets stronger, just like a bacteria will, because they're fighting to survive. So we're actually, when you're so concerned all the time of everything has to be sanitized, this is obviously my opinion. I'm sure many people will disagree. In my opinion, you're, you're trying to remove any any situation where yourself or your babies can be exposed to any germs or bacteria. Well, if you do that, once they're exposed to, to that, let's just say at school or anywhere else, their body doesn't know how to fight it off. So I, I'm not saying don't clean things, but I'm not a person and I'm not big on you should wipe everything down, sanitize everything all the time. Because otherwise I think you're creating an environment where your child, they're, they, they can't fight, their immune system can't fight that off. So, so that's something where you should be, I mean, sensible, but on the other hand, don't go overboard. You know, when you're a germaphobe and you're carrying a hand sanitizer thing everywhere with you and all that, I don't think that's a good idea. Of course, other things you can do for, for the children to make sure that there's no concerns is if you if you do believe you have a concern, let's say it's in the nursery with your with your newborn or toddler, however old they are, you can go buy a cheap air purifier and throw it in that bedroom. Um, you can there's many things you can do. You can hire a mold professional, have them come in and test that bedroom, or test your home for mold. But if you do have a concern, first and foremost, I would obviously take your child to a doctor and then contact a mold specialist. So you mentioned a humidifier. Should uh, someone use a humidifier in the baby's room? It's something, it's a, it's kind of funny. I, I think I just did a Facebook post about this or there's one coming up. But anyhow, people, especially where we live, it's, it's fairly dry. Um, but even in humid places, let's say like Florida, for the most part, inside their homes, it's not humid just because you're running in an air conditioner, an air handler inside the home, so it keeps the humidity down. But when your child gets a cold, the first thing you want to do is throw that humidifier in their room, and then you put, I've honestly never done it, but you, I think you buy like Vicks or something kind of drops that you put in there, and it's supposed to put that menthol in the air to help that, that baby breathe. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, as long as you're only running that humidifier when that baby's in the room. And when you, when the baby's not in that room, you need to shut that humidifier off and you need to make sure you open a window or make sure there's ventilation in there. So my point is, is mold takes 48 hours to start reproducing and it has to be 60% humidity or higher. So if you keep that humidifier on consistently, you're just asking for more mold problems. And it's kind of funny because it's almost, 
you're you're it's a reverse effect. It's like a circular firing squad. You're trying to fight your 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 baby not being able to breathe easily, but on the other hand, you keep running a humidifier, which keeps getting more mold in there. So you got to be careful with that. And if you have a humidifier on your furnace, which some people do, make sure that you're never putting it above fifty percent. But I'm big on you don't. In my opinion, you don't need a humidifier. I, you know, in my opinion, when when your children are sick and congested. The best thing you can really do is let them see if they their body can fight it off. Or you go into the bathroom, a small bathroom, and you turn that shower on as on all the way on hot. Obviously, you're not getting in there. And let all that steam and condensation and sit in there with the baby. That, to me, helps more than running a humidifier in a bedroom. Because a bathroom, it's kind of a controlled environment. When you're done, you shut the water off. You, you run your, your exhaust fan and make sure you dry out the bathroom. Absolutely. So it sounds like a lot of this, um, a lot of this paying attention to baby toys and stuff is about the daily habits that you do. I mean, I look at those rubber duckies that we have right here on a bookshelf and I think <laughs> never did I ever completely, I squeezed them out after the baby took a bath, but I never put them somewhere up to dry. I never put them on a rack to make sure that all of the moisture would come out. Baby bottle washers. I never really paid attention to how dry did the bottle washer or. So these are things that people should be paying attention to. Exactly. And so now when it comes to the baby bottle washer. So when I talked about sanitizing everything, um, that, that, that is something where. The bottles, you should sanitize the bottles and the, the, the bottle washer. To me, it's no different than what we've talked about having um, sponges on, in your kitchen sink. Don't use them until they're just falling apart. That is a haven for mold. So your, your bottle brusher for the baby's bottles, think of it that the same way. So when you're done, you know, and I'm not saying every time, but, you know, once a week, use a sanitizer, put it in, you know, with bleach, what we say, and we've talked about bleach in previous episodes, so I'm not going to go into that, but we all know you do not use bleach on a cellulose material. Well, your baby brushes aren't cellulose, neither is the baby bottle. So if you're going to use mold, it is, you'll use one cup of Clorox to one gallon of water. So just think of it as a one-to-one ratio. And then just clean out, you know, clean the bottle brush, clean out the bottles itself. Um, going back to like the rubber duckies, you know, I'm not sure what they cost, but they can't cost enough. They, you, yeah, dollar fifty. Yeah, when you're squeezing black crud out of there, you <laughs> might as well just throw it away. And it does bring up something with the bathtub. And is obviously as infants, they're not really in a bathtub, or if they are, you're right there, you know, doing your thing. But as they they get older, and you actually start putting in in the bathtub, and there's you know, you're starting to fill the tub up with water. Another thing you've got to be aware of is is kids love to splash water around. And so if you're bathing your, your baby, toddler, child, whatever, you know, however old they are, if they're sitting in a bathtub, monitor that because even teenagers, if they are sitting in there and they're splashing around every day, you're just introducing more moisture to the baseboard, the floor, the subfloor. So that could cause a major mold problem too. So that's something you need to pay attention to in a bathroom. Absolutely. So it sounds a lot of it really boils down to situational awareness. Exactly. And just making sure that you're using those cues to decide if you throw away toys or what you do with them or how you clean things. Exactly. And the best the best way to look at it is, is that rubber ducky or is this stuffed animal worth my child's health or even the health of all of us in the home? It's not worth it. Just throw it away. Yeah. I mean, even if it's a non-cellulose material, 
unless it's an heirloom, like like I said, a original Barbie or some ceramic ball, ballerina or whatever. Beyond that, don't keep them. Just throw them away. It's not worth keeping it. Totally agree. Well, you heard it. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Catch us for a new episode next week on the Toxic Mold Podcast. Prevent toxic mold exposure before it gets in your home. Download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist. Again, download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist.